0: In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments
1: through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies.
2: We have some problems over here right now, and we might have a hijack over here too. This is the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program. Cohen.pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made, and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. guten tag <laughs> told you guys I spoke German
0: <laughs> What? what's something else das,
2: das ist Coen Doc Pro their <laughs> super program <laughs> for everybody out there doesn't know what I just said said good day this is Coen Doc Pro we are a super program <laughs> <laughs> Told you guys I Aced Ace German.
1: German in the workplace.
2: That's right. Take that, Frau Bay. <laughs> in the words of warrior poet Jamie Josta, you want to see me fail? You'll never get a chance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. It's awesome.
2: So we're back another week, episode four. Anything you guys want to say before we get into this? I did see
1: one of the uh, <clears throat> lovely chemtrail pilots was flying drunk this morning. Yeah. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I've been watching them all week, and they're, if you like watch them, they're, they come at the same angle, and then they all of a sudden branch out at like, you know, 10, 20 degrees different. So at one point, I was driving and I looked up. And it looked like Wolverine's you know, uh, knife knuckle things in mm-hmm. the sky. I was like, what the hell?
0: I have all these old pictures on my old when you had a, before we had like, you know. Like, yeah, real phone. Yeah, and you had like the little digital camera when uh, still lived at home and stuff. And I'd go out there all the time with it. And I wish, I, I probably still could pull those pictures up, but I had a freaking ton
1: of those pictures. Yeah. This doesn't really do it justice, but...
0: Oh, yeah. He's
1: just like... Grr. He grunt. <laughs> he probably was leaning over to get his
2: coffee. Yeah. Oh, he shit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: he spilled something. Or he got up to take a piss and the, uh, the co-pilot didn't have it, have control. Jet, <laughs> yeah, dude, what are you doing?
1: <laughs>
0: got up and hit his knee on the fucking yeah. <laughs> wheel, whatever the fuck it is. We oh, just lost shit.
2: 200 feet
0: in altitude, <laughs> asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, once again, Paulette, we thank you for your service.
1: Thank you for your service. Thank you for all the kids. There's a bunch out in the northeast. Bad. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Do you ever think it's to block sun rays? Yeah. From well, in? that's what it's the Bill Gates. That's thing. what BG mm-hmm. was saying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which that means that that's partly
0: partly what they're doing, you know? Mm I'm not justifying it. I'm just thinking maybe the Earth is in a more dire, mm-hmm. dire straits than what we think.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think when we do the chemtrail episode, which we'll hopefully be able to do in a couple of weeks, um, I got some really crazy stuff to bring up on that one because uh, uh, I've been paying a lot of attention to Dane w- Wigington at Geoengineering Watch. And that dude, that dude knows his chemtrails. Like, he's got a whole website dedicated to that stuff It's pretty wild, and I'll bring up some regurgitate some of the stuff that I've learned from him but there's so much shit on that website mm. it's it's, like, a, it's almost overkill like yeah. you just can't even you can't focus it's just sensory overload yep
1: Dude. Look, I've looked at it a few times and I'm like the patent section or, you
2: know. yeah the patent section is full of military patents and it's hmm. it's a whole episode worth of shit
0: but yeah, so you always think it's like something that helps harp along too. To oh yeah, mm.
2: getting geared up for the old Project Bluebeam
0: is uh, weatherwars dot org still a thing? I don't know. I used to look at that one a long time ago. I don't know if it's still a thing anymore, but that was a pretty good one.
2: We're gonna have our our trusty assistant, like Joe Rogan has. We're gonna be like, hey, bring that up.
0: But he sounds more like <laughs> Who, Joe? No, the other guy. Oh, I was gonna say Joe sounds it, badass. Yeah. Me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. But that's awesome anyway.
2: Yeah. All right, well,
1: um Did you find it? Nope. I used to be on get I this do. domain. Sweet, you just got hacked again.
2: <laughs> this time by all the crazy, uh, Ukrainian hackers that are after Russia. Which the media is like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're like going for it. Like,
0: like the anonymous, and yeah, all that shit. yeah.
2: I'm like, Really, dude? I, I don't back up, like I said, I don't back up what he's doing over there. Whole Putin poo tan <laughs>
0: Poo-tang. poo
2: tan poo I don't, I don't really care, but it just seems weird.
0: They're all in the same club, and as jo- George Carlin said, we ain't in it. Mm. <laughs> you guys aren't in it. <laughs> I'm in it. Okay, well, <laughs> there we go.
1: <laughs> anyway. The uh, hypocrisy on it is ridiculous. Like, that uh, one... Like a uh, neo-Nazi group that's part of the yeah. Ukrainian National Guard that mm-hmm. they uncensored them on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. I saw yeah. that, yeah. We're Nazis bad? Yeah.
2: N- not when they're fighting against the Russians, it's cool.
0: Even though, like, way back in the day, the ACLU fought for the the right for Nazis to be able to express their beliefs and all that shit, and now it's not that.
2: Now it's super bad <laughs> in the words of the German. Zupa!
0: Zupa! Zupa! Anyway, is that a new shirt? No, I've had it for a while. Hmm. Can't you tell? Yeah. My other one, my other cursed shirt, finally got holes in the armpits. Hmm.
1: So, that takes like two days for me because I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's just my deodorant. Yeah. It just eats right through it. It's all that aluminum, son.
0: I know. Remember we Remember we burn? talked about yeah. that shit like way back? The, I don't wear aluminum. Right. But Dio? That's, the only, that's the only one that works for me. It's like I don't want flaky white shit, and I don't want to smell like shit. But this is the one, the Old Spice one that I use. You should use Brute. Brute? Remember Brute? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smell like <laughs> complete crap. <laughs> well, I was using that degree shit for a while, like way back when we were frisbee golfing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Nothing works, dude. Dude, remember that time when we were all uh, disc golfing? And we were like, I was doing like fake hardcore dancing. I think of this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we were at one of the holes at Ian Morrison. And I did this like fucking jumping spin kick. And like the fucking grass was wet when I okay, went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fucking yeah. ate shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I remember is laughing my ass off and looking over and you fucking hit the dirt. Fucking laughing your ass up yeah. because I yeah. ate shit yeah. so hard. It was so fucking funny. Oh
2: my like, god. Those were the good old days when we didn't have jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were all like in our twenties. Nobody had a job.
0: Luke had a job, didn't he? Oh, you?
2: that's right. No, I thought you were on la- you were still laid off oh, yeah, for the winter or something like yeah.
0: that. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And we'd play fucking disc golf twice a day, mm-hmm. go play a Roby. Mm-hmm. Get rock stars. Get the Try to find the coldest rock stars in town, yeah. paying in change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. a Snickers. Yep. You'd get a Snickers. Yeah, but I always got one.
2: Yeah. We were losers. <laughs> <laughs> we kicked ass. Yeah.
0: were. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Look where we are now, guys. We've got a podcast. On a pool table. Pool table <laughs> podcast with some beef sticks.
2: <laughs> uh, memories.
0: That's badass.
2: All right. Well, I guess we'll get into the episode, episode four here. So, just a quick review from last week's cast. This is kind of part two to that. Last week, we talked about the Nephilim and uh, the two theories of the Nephilim one being that they were fallen angels, two being that they were the offspring of the fallen angels, and then the third theory that they were Peter Steele. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I tried to do that as serious as possible <laughs> without closing into the microphone. So, um, proximity effect. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, and then once again, back on the root word and the meaning of the, of the word, tried to figure it out, you know, the n- people that thought that it, it stood for Nephilim, the fallen. Um, and then I found some stuff that Neph meant cloud or cloud study and Ilum from Bavalim from. Uh, The uh, Akkadian language from uh, the translation into Greek, which would have been Babylon, was Babylon. So, I don't know. I think that I'm onto something there. And anybody else that thinks my hypothesis is no good, you suck. (laughs) In the words of Michael Scott, suck on that. (laughs) Uh so another review from last week, I thought it was pretty interesting. Luke brought up the giants and the story on...
1: Um, the Kandahar giant.
2: The Kandahar giant, yeah. So it reminded me, and I, I didn't want to interject and ruin your story because I'm known to do that, um, but it reminded... What do you mean, like this? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yep. It reminded me of, um, I had heard several times that during the first Gulf War that the special forces guys the you know delta boys or whatever had gone in and retrieved some religious artifacts that were part of the saudi government and that some of these artifacts may have contained some form of blood or dna or something that went back to the day and i remember hearing that theory and thinking yeah, I mean, that, I could see that making sense. But what really made it, made it make sense for me is thinking about all the archaeological digs that happen in in uh, Egypt, which that area was the original Babylonian Empire anyway, which goes back to the spawning of the mystery religion of Babylon and mm-hmm. goes from there and there and there. But um, you know, Luciferian stuff. But I've always wondered why these dudes. Um, I've always wondered why these, these dudes are always tearing apart, you know, the pyramids and the crypts of all of these, you know, mm-hmm. Egyptian dynasties. It always, like, something doesn't make sense there. I mean, yeah, and then they're like, well, we put it in a museum, you know, and I'm like, what are you guys really after?
1: Mm. It's
0: freaking... Things like the Smithsonian, apparently they, <clears throat> like some of that giant shit that yeah, people they, have uncovered and they come in and they fucking take it and then they... Throw them in the Atlantic Ocean? Yep. That's or what I'd heard. I'd heard that they keep them locked away from yeah. the... General public. General yeah. public. And
2: yeah. Just those things together kind of made me think, so, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, um... And then another thing that I wanted to bring up about last week's cast was that we weren't we hadn't published anything yet, but we were talking about it. And then this week there's like an explosion on the podcast circuit of Nephilim and Giants. It's like everybody is talking about oh yeah, dude. You hit me up saying that Occult rejects were talking about it on Monday <laughs> or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then today I was listening to some Ben Carson dude or I can't remember his name, but it just popped up on my feed and he was—he's like a uh, some kind of a anthropologist, and he was talking about it on some black magic thing. It was crazy. Everybody is talking about giants mm. in the Nephilim, and I'm like, is this just podcasters podcasting what they are listening to from other podcasters, or is this some predictive programming because Cern's firing up in June mm. and going to be colliding at you know maximum capacity or you know maximum effectiveness. Um, And I think that that's where the Nephilim are going to come back some.
0: Yep. Did you see the story that a uh, dude from Russia a long time ago got one of the particle beams blasted through his head?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. At CERN?
0: Not at CERN. It was a old one, like back oh. in the 70s or 80s yeah, like or something.
1: Leaned down in front of it <clears> or <throat> yeah, something. It turned on. Yeah. Vaporized him? No. He's, he's still like, alive. Oh, really? He burned parts of his brain out, but... Yeah, he's he's in
0: his 70s now, but everybody thought he was going to die, and it freaking went right through his freaking head.
2: Dude, that's wild, man. When we get into CERN, I think hopefully we'll be able to get into it next week, and it'll probably take a couple episodes to, to get through CERN, but there's so much crazy stuff with that mm-hmm. and so many connections to it. I, I didn't even know about CERN two years ago. Like, thank goodness for the COVID shutdown because I was just on my phone just non-stop, mm. you know, when I couldn't go anywhere and then I happened to come across this dude named Anthony Patch and the history's from there, man. I mean, that guy opened my eyes. He's got a lot of stuff on CERN, so we'll get into that, but I just thought that was a little weird that um everybody's talking about the Nephilim this week.
0: Yeah. Some weird thing everybody's on a wavelength that
2: after we were talking about it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We talked about it first FYI
1: <laughs> <laughs> my um, discovered yeah. this whole thing
2: yep right. <laughs> um, and then real quick on the I kind of glossed over it last week my take on the Nephilim um, you know I think personally that both those series the fallen angels and the offspring are legit I think that the the first round of, of them were the you know, like I said, the before and after, I think that they were the fallen angels. They brought all of the technology and the the knowledge demand that we probably weren't supposed to have that advanced the technology. And then they, at that point, since they were fallen, probably had taken on a, a physical existence. And, you know, they were super tall. I mean, people talk about, you know, seeing angel deities in, in visions and stuff and they're like 13, 15 feet tall. They're massive. So... To me, that makes sense. That those would have been the original little G gods, mm. you know, of antiquity, and then they would have spawned, you know, some offspring that would have turned out totally fucked up, mm-hmm. right? Like the giants and the one-eyed, row in two rows of teeth, six fingers. Oh, another thing that I thought was interesting is um, one of the guys today was talking about in the anthropologist dude. He was mentioning that the reason why the Native Americans always did the how and lift up the hand was to see how many fingers you had to know whether or not you
1: were one of them yep my dad was actually just talking about that last weekend the how that thing
2: crazy I that never even crossed my mind but uh, do you think
0: their voices sound like Andre the Giant guaranteed (laughs) (laughs) probably that at worst.
1: drunk One thing I wanted to uh touch on that listening back to it, you'd mentioned like there was like a third of the angels had joined. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so one third is thirty three percent. So I was like huh, I wonder if that's where the kind of thirty third degree came thing came from. Yeah. So just a weird thing that Popped into my head that yeah, I kind of just completely missed during the
2: yeah, I did too because once again, math in the workbook. <laughs> I couldn't do that math in my head. I was I like, still can't. <laughs> I was like Matt Stone from from baseball when he's staring at the bird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was me, mouth open, meat falling out of it. <laughs> Okay, so now we're gonna get into part two of of the Nephilim episode, and we're gonna get it's gonna get weird. So if people were looking for weird, and this was the reason why you're at this podcast, I think from this point forward, most of this stuff is gonna be super weird. Um, so today we're gonna to talk about Jack Parsons and the JPL, um, and that segue from the 1930s and 40s into the 50s when Eisenhower came you know came into office and then supposedly he was meeting with aliens in the underground bases and we're going to kind of like wrap it up with a nice bow at the end of that um on the nephilim cuz they definitely came back the the word nephilim came back in the 50s so um it's just going to talk about Jack Parsons for a minute here and Jack Parsons history so uh, Jack Parsons, born Marvel Whiteside Parsons on October 2nd, 1914. He's born into a wealthy family, grew up wanting to be a rocket scientist. He begins playing with the occult as a teenager, tries to summon Satan into his room when he's uh, in early teens, gets kind of scared and then stops the summons and then, you know, kind of comes back later in life revisiting that occult stuff, which I thought was interesting. Uh, His family tours Europe in 1929, which is odd timing because the rise of the Third Reich is starting to happen. They haven't completely taken over at this point in Germany. But his family is touring Europe for a year in 1929, and he's a kid, early teens. Uh, He comes back right before he gets into college, he goes to work for a powder company, and then he starts going to Cal State. Uh, in 1931, he begins corresponding with Werner von Braun, who is a German rocket scientist. Werner von Braun? Yes. Um, <laughs> shit, what's the word? What's the word for yes? I have no
0: idea. I know nine.
2: <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's why I fail, dude. But you'll never see me fail. (laughs) Anyway, so I thought that that was really strange, man. Like, this dude is an American corresponding in 1931 with Werner von Braun, who ends up, at the end of this whole Nazi regime in the 1940s, ends up getting brought over during Operation Paperclip. And he becomes a major uh, player in the formation of NASA, essentially, yeah, yeah. right? So I don't know everything about history, but I know that in the 1920s, in the 1930s, there was a lot of anti-communism sim- sentiment happening in the United States. And that in the East Coast, there was a push and in, in some communists with Nazi ties that were trying to, you know, you know, bring that to our country. And, you know, it was kind of a big deal. They're getting shut down and, you know, we end up going to war with these people, but just found that odd dudes, mm. dudes, a teenage or, you know, early he's in college and he's talking to Werner von Braun. Okay.
0: Connections.
2: So anyway, he ends up starting <clears throat> a rocket research group in 1934 and 35 works with several, several people in this research group or this rocket, uh, research group company. One of the people that he ends up working with is none other than William C. Rockefeller. 1939, he ends up joining the uh, church of Thelema in Hollywood and attends a Gnostic mass with Hollywood actor, John Carradine and becomes a
0: member. Mm, Is that David Carradine's relation?
2: Don't know. I didn't look into it that far. I was already going off the rails to begin with on Mm. all kinds of different shit. So, um, but that would be really interesting to come back and look at. Um, But for those of you that are not really uh, tuned up on the Church of Thelema, that was Crowley's organization, Alistair Crowley's organization that he formed um, in the early 1900s, mid-1900s. I can't remember the date.
1: It was sometime around there.
2: Sometime around there, he ends up marrying this chick. He goes uh, out, this is Alistair Crowley. He ends up marrying this chick and then they go on a honeymoon to Egypt and while he's in Egypt, he summons, like, a, he does a ritual, a satanic ritual, and summons the spirit of or demonic influence from Iowas. Sounds
0: like a normal vacation to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And so he's basically told by Iowas, this this uh, demonic force, to write the Book of Thelema and all that stuff. So for three days... Iowas is over his shoulder, you know, telling him what to write, which is very similar to the Joseph Smith story. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Um, But anyway, so, yeah. Back to to Mr. Parsons. Uh, So after he becomes a member of the the Church of Thelema, he realizes the reality of the Thelemic magic through quantum physics. And I thought that that was pretty wild because quantum physics is what CERN and Dean Wave and the quantum computers are all based off of, which goes back to and is directly tied to um, uh, Edward Kelly and John D. back in the 1500s and their whole Anakian alphabet. And, you know, the some we'll have to go into that in the CERN episodes. But um, yeah, he realizes the reality of Thelemic magic through quantum physics. So. Keep that in mind as we're going through this. Uh, After this point, he initiates into the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis, which is also um, related to Crowley. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. I'm not a huge Crowley knowledge year guy, but I know that he was involved in OTO.
1: I think it was kind of a um, Crowley did the Golden Dawn and then got he either left or they... Kicked him out, and he went and did the OTO, I th- something like that. Okay.
2: So, real interesting. Um, and then at, he he joins and initiates into the Agape Lodge outside of Pasadena in 1941. Uh, throughout 1940s, he works with rockets, various military branches, and gets heavily involved in thalemic rituals at his house. So at this point, he's been given a contract by the military, by the government, because we're involved in World War II, and we're fighting an air war in Europe, and we're kind of getting our asses kicked a little bit, because the Germans' technology is so much better than ours. So... The powers that be know what he's trying to do back here in California with his research group and they give him a contract and they're like, here's some money, create, you know, he takes over this old facility out in the sticks, out in the Boontillies, uh, in, you know, California towards Mojave desert. And, uh, he starts working on JPL, jet propulsion laboratories. Also, some people call it the Jack Parsons laboratories, but it's jet propulsion laboratories. So, um, he he starts making an ass load of money, and he buys this mansion in Pasadena, and he, these thalamic rituals that he's doing in his house is like pure debauchery, like crazy wild, like rituals with orgies, and then black magic involved in. Like, the orgies as well, which apparently the OTO is, like, really big into sex magic. So... I got a boner. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just throwing that out there.
2: In the words of Michael Scott, the only thing I got to worry about is getting a boner. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, he, like, these, when I'm reading about these rituals that they're doing, like, he's he's banging chicks... <laughs> And while he's doing it, like right as he's climaxing, he's like saying ritualistic stuff that that's supposed to be like the life force is like initiating this.
1: What if you enunciated it wrong? Okay. Yeah.
0: Like in that moment, what if you enunciated it wrong? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's the
2: question is like, you know, I don't know, man. To me, it just. It reminded me of like the the dudes that do the uh, autoerotic asphyxiation, you know, it's like they're like trying to, you know, maximize that orgasm. And so, but then they accidentally wait too long and then they, they die. So I'm thinking when the first thing in my my head, when they were talking about Parsons is, you know, right at climax, trying to, you know, force out this thing, I'm thinking, dude right right when you screw that yeah. up and then you open the wrong portal <laughs> you're exactly right so
1: it's like some army of darkness shit. Right? yeah
2: <laughs> but but it just sounded like it was pure pure chaos at this dude's mansion like you know he lives in a mansion in Pasadena and he's having like tons of people over they're just like getting completely high on every drug imaginable and you know all these satanic rituals there's like naked girls in the backyard that are pregnant that are like walking through fire pits and shit and the neighbors are like what what happened you know it's like the beverly hillbillies but like the satanic version it's like (laughs) it's like rob zombie meets the beverly hillbillies so i just complete debauchery is what it sounded like um so around this time frame, he starts being investigated by the FBI for his connection with Marxists and occultists in the Israeli government. Primarily on the Marxist side of it, it was from his college connection and the people that he was working at with in the college, uh, Cal State, and all that. He had, he had dropped out at this point though, but he's you know he still had connections with the the collegiate um, you know science program people mm-hmm. scientists. Um, He takes over the OTO, Agape Lodge, and then works on jet propulsions in uh, the mid-1940s. U.S. Navy Office of Intelligence or whatever decides that this dude needs to be looked at because of all of his connections. And so they introduce none other than Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, who is a Navy officer. And so L. Ron Hubbard moves in with this dude. Uh, into his house in in Pasadena which is basically at this point it's just like a it's just a flop house of turds you know like <laughs> satanic turds <laughs> so um, Parsons starts devoting all of his energy to the black magic and weird things begin to happen at the mansion like poltergeist orbs in the house there's like alchemical effects that are talked about that happen to the weather at one point some dude's <laughs> Sitting in the living room and some screaming banshee came running and smacked into the window <laughs> and freaked this guy out so bad that he ended up quitting. I think that's what I remember, right? He quits quits the OTO and takes off from from Parsons' place. So just all this weird shit, right? Um, and Parsons is there, or sorry, um, L. Ron Hubbard is there to kind of like be friends with the dude. And so him and Parsons' wife, they start becoming really friend, good friends and having threesomes and all kinds of weird shit. It, yeah. <laughs> eventually, eventually, Parson's wife ends up leaving him and takes off with L. Ron Hubbard. So it, it got weird for him. But uh, And then in 1945, he starts playing with Enochian Magic, which is rumored to be the strongest form of, of black magic. Um, so... In 1945, sorry, 46, he does the Babylon whore. He wants to bring the Babylon whore to earth, which is biblical. And then also goes into the, which is biblical book Book of revelations, Old Testament. But then also it's really big in the um, Babylonian, you know, mystery religion of Babylon is this, you know, the the scarlet woman or
0: the scarlet whore. Are we (laughs) talking like hot dog down a hallway whore? So what we're talking about or? probably <laughs> probably worse. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, so in 46, he starts trying to do this ritual. He does a ritual in the Mojave desert trying to manifest ma- manifest the woman of Babylon, which later becomes known as the uh, Babylon working re- uh, ritual, where he's trying to bring this woman to Earth right after he goes out in the desert and does this ritual some chick with red hair shows up at his house and yeah. he's like oh this is her in the flesh and so he ends up hooking up with this chick and then um yeah they they kind of ride off into the sunset together or whatever um but he ends up he ends up just like kind of messing around with all this stuff into the 1950s and ends up basically penniless, just like Crowley, like, Mm -hmm. you know, starts out, he's at the top of the world. He's, you know, he's making all this money. He's doing everything that he wants to do. And then through the, the just straight, you know, debauchery, he just kind of keeps going down and down and down. And then eventually he, you know, loses everything. Mm -hmm. Um, he ends up getting fired by his employer and he gets investigated by, um, the FBI for the connections. They, they, they want to take his security clearance. He ends up getting it back, um, you know, back and forth with all this stuff. And then he ends up dying on June 17th, 1952, um, which was really interesting the way he ends up dying. In 1952, he had been fired because he loses his, um, his uh, security clearance because at some point he had taken some documents, and and these were documents that he had written through his his research and science and all that stuff. But he had taken these documents from his employer on the DL because he wanted to give them to the um, Israeli government because he was in talks with the Israeli government about going and working for them in their rocket program. So this is 1950s Cold War is kind of starting to go on, you know, we're in the middle of paperclip. We've brought all the German scientists over, and we're going, you know, balls to the walls with their technology now in America, right? So um, Parsons ends up gets fired, gets a security clearance revoked, and he's trying to get a job in the in the Israeli defense system. Steals these these uh documents that were his and then the fbi comes investigating and they're like you know for for basically you know international spy type of stuff so he has this whole hey you know this was my stuff i was just trying to have a resume you know for my employer blah 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 blah. and they're like yeah okay whatever he goes on a trip to mexico comes back and at this point he's working in Hollywood. He's doing like special effects and like, you know, explosions and stuff like that for the movies in in the um, Hollywood, you know, arena. So, June 17, 1952, he ends up getting a quote unquote rush order for explosives for a movie set. So, he's at his house, he's mixing up these different, you know, powders and stuff for the explosive thing and he does something wrong and then gets blown up blows himself up loses his arm his legs are all mangled he's got a giant hole in his face he's burned really bad you know I mean he is the dude's dying ambulance shows up at at the house and he's trying to say things to them some last dying words and just it's nothing but gobbledygook coming out of his mouth I wish I knew what he said, because I bet you that shit was interesting. But anyway, so he ends up dying in the hospital, either a couple hours or a day later or something like that. In a short amount of time, he ends up dying from his injuries. Ironically, though, he is in the process of leaving the United States to go work for the Israeli government. He's under investigation by the Bureau and also you know, the other you know, the kind of like the military, military industrial complex that's starting to come up. And there were rumors that Parsons was like spot on on his safety, lab safety, like the dude was legit, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had everything down. He was very, very particular on people being in there when he was doing stuff. And so his friends and co-workers that had worked with him for years were like, the dude didn't just accidentally mix up an explosion or mix up some chemicals or, you know, powders and just blow himself up. He's not he's not that stupid. You know, he's not... Well, to be he, a rocket scientist, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. He's not Jamie Josta playing with a freaking <laughs> firecracker. <laughs> firecracker blowing off his thumb, right? So, right? Not that that was dumb. It's just... Shit happens. Yeah, right? He just, you know... He's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to worry about Jamie listening to this because he would never stoop to this level. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> For everybody out there that's a lame and that's Hatebreed Singer and he could crush every one
1: of us in this room. Well... Well, maybe not. But it's hard to do that with one thumb. Yeah, like, yeah with oh, no thumb. Burn. <laughs> so
2: anyway, um Yeah. And then there was also some rumor that the explosion had happened underneath the floor,
1: mm.
2: right, and that it was it was set and triggered, and that he was he was assassinated and my hypothesis based on what I read and everything like that, is that he probably was taken out for his knowledge and where he was getting ready to go mm-hmm. as a
0: competitor, you know, so yeah, maybe that banshee was pissed they didn't open the sliding glass door. Yeah, just ran into it. Yeah, fuck you, man. We'll <laughs> blow you up.
2: So that's kind of the story behind Jack Parsons. I know that you had done some reading on the the ritual that he had done.
1: Yeah. So kind of stepping back um, a few years in what you were talking about when he did that, um, the Babylon working ritual. Shortly after that, so this was in 1947 there was the um, UFO crash in New Mexico. Roswell, yep. Roswell. So um, one thing that's kind of weird about that whole thing is... we <laughs> are not alone. So um, Crowley supposedly did the same ritual, and he spoke to some deity that he had... Um, invoked or whatever I think it was the thing went by the name Lamb I think it was L-A-A-M but he drew a picture of it they misspelled that by the way and this picture of it looks exactly like a gray alien Mm. I don't know if you've seen that picture or not but it just has small eyes Mm. kind of but, I mean, the shape of its head and everything looked look just like that. Was it maybe just on the weed? Maybe. Take me to your dealer. <laughs> on the pot. <laughs> but uh, I, I read through this thing. Uh, it's called uh, The Collected Writings of Jack Parsons, The Book of Babylon, The Book of Antichrist, and other writings. This is on uh, sacredtext.com slash O-T-O. And it's pretty in-depth. Part one, the Book of Babylon, it's um, kind of like dictation of what went on between January 4th and March 4th of 1946 um, while he was doing this uh, Babylon working, and it's pretty crazy. He talks about all the paranormal stuff that uh, happened during that and um, had I think you were talking about some weird weather stuff. Yeah, the alchemy. Yeah, they, on uh, the first night of the ritual, um, some crazy windstorm kicked up that lasted like three days or something. and Just a bunch of weird, weird stuff that uh, was documented or whatever. Um, and I think it was uh L. Ron Hubbard was his yeah. uh, like dictation guy. So mm-hmm. reading through it, um knowing what L. Ron Hubbard did and his um you know, science fiction kind of writing, it's like, ugh, how much of that can you trust? Did he just Dianetics? Yeah. Make yeah. that all that shit up as yeah. a crazy story or but Kind of with the UFO thing happening and that similar stuff happening to Crowley when he did the ritual. Uh, kind of I don't know. I bet Can you read. that he definitely made up the part
2: where Parsons was beaten off on the <laughs> um those those ba- Babylonian uh tablets. Yeah. Did you read that part?
1: Uh there was some stuff in there. I'm i like, baiting. Yeah,
2: <laughs> go away, baiting. And he and he interrupted me while I was watching out my balls. <laughs> but anyway, so that baiting. this is this is yeah, this is legit. So Parsons is doing the Babylon working ri- ritual, mm-hmm. and part of it is he's he's like jerking off on this on these tablets, right? while he's saying all this stuff and then he's got L. Ron Hubbard sitting there taking notes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Lovely technique.
2: Yeah. No, no, more overhand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just you can't make this stuff up. It's just like, dude, really?
1: Really, dude? It's almost a South Park episode. Yeah, like
2: Yeah, bro. Like Bro. He's watching you. <laughs>
0: You know so just says that South Park smile <laughs> <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Anyway
2: do you have anything but, else on that
1: uh, If you guys If anybody wants to read that The stuff is out there But there was some Other stuff further down um, In the ritual like It's not really broken out Into pages on that website It's just one long page uh, With separate headings But some of it sounded a lot like, not to really go back to our first episode when we were talking about Rain Chaos, but a lot of the stuff in that sounded a lot like the lyrics in uh, Dark Mother Divine. Hmm. So, yeah. Crazy.
2: These dudes are weird, man. That's all I got to say. So anyway, from Parsons, Parsons... 46 47 he does two back-to-back working uh, babylon working rituals and at the same time like luke's saying crowley's doing one as well because crowley dies in 47 so crowley dies does one right before he dies that he tries to invoke at the same time is what it sounds like when these rituals were done the belief is that they opened a portal and all these strange things started happening across the u.s so you have 47 the roswell incident you also have i believe it's the same year i will end up going down here through my notes um but one ends up happening up at um mount rainier in washington Mm -hmm. the dude that saw that kenneth something uh he he's connected to to parsons and then you have all the ufo sightings over the washington dc area in 1952 so that's where we're going to kind of segue into this going into um, uh, Dwight Eisenhower and the UFOs, the deep underground military bases, because it splinters off of what Parsons was starting to do. Mm -hmm. So 1952, there's a bunch of UFO events happening in the Washington, D.C. area. They take place from July 12th to July July 29th. Um, UFOs over D.C., they're observed by different uh, Air Force radars and civilian radars. Um, they're, they're observed as bright lights in the sky that were reported with incredible speeds. Pilots are seeing events that they thought were meteors flashing across the sky. At the same time, so this is 52, uh, the U.S. Air Force is already investigating this stuff through Project Blue Book. So Blue Book was being run out of Patterson Wright Air Force Base, excuse me damn beef stick get me (laughs) um but in this investigation the the agency cia was involved in the investigation and then a bunch of military groups um and this case ends up getting closed as temperature inversion and the visual uh the visual sightings of the meteors are are kind of like wrapped up to temperature inversion so in the same time frame during, you know, 47 to 51, as Blue Book's going on, the FBI is looking into Parsons, who's working at Hughes Aircraft for the rocket, into. Or sorry, they're looking at him for, he's working at Hughes Aircraft, but he's trying to get into the Israeli rocket program. So this is all happening at the same time. Parsons noticed after the Babylon working ritual that there was an increase of reports of UFO activity. And allegedly, they went to Parsons and said, did you do something through one of your rituals? And he said, I think so. So real fast on that, before every rocket flight or anything that they were going to do, he did a ritual prior to every one of the launches. So this was well known in the community that he was an occultist and that he was, you know, invoking things that in the powers of these things, which once again goes back to the Third Reich paperclip. We end up bringing all of these Nazi scientists over here who also had occult connections and their technology was far superior to ours. Right. Mm hmm. So, to me, there's a lot of crossover there yeah. um, anyway. so within within Project Blue Book, there's a group of investigators that are put together put together to investigate the connections between the UFO and the occult and demon activity. and they call this this group is known as the Collins Elite. So the Collins Elite is a group of military intelligence officers and allegedly some CIA members. And these guys were primarily, I think they were primarily Christian, you know, religious oriented. Um, And so they're trying to figure out, like, what's going on with this demonic activity and what's happening with these UFOs? Like, this has to be connected. So Collins Elite is first interested in the national security angle of the UFO and occult connection. But their investigation shifted when they realized that there's a group within the military and intelligence community in the federal government that are also working with this demonic realm. So the NSA has a group of interested parties within the NSA that are gathering info on all the UFO matters that are going on. And these members were part of the Jason Society or the Jason Scholars. So the Jason Society took their name from the Jason and the Golden uh, Fleece and the branch of the Order of the Quest and their high-ranking inner order of the Illuminati. Interesting sidebar on the Jason Society: Samuel Prescott Bush was a member of the Jason Society.
1: Hmm. Imagine that.
2: Kind of weird that his son ends up, I don't know, running the agency at some point. And
1: mm-hmm. There for JFK. Yep.
2: There for 9/11. <clears throat> Which is a Crowley inspired event, mm. which we'll get into,
1: but so got one question do you yeah. when they were doing like all of the explaining away of all the um uFO sightings and they're talking about like the swamp gas and reflecting light mm-hmm. was where was it reflecting light off of Venus do you I, I, I can't remember, remember. That? I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> sorry.
0: Fail. If it but if it sounds was. vaguely familiar, but I'm not positive.
1: It, I think it was, but it's funny if that is the planet that they're talking about because that's the Morning Star, mm. and maybe yeah. connected to Lucifer
2: or the falling star.
1: Yeah, weird. Yeah.
2: Um, another thing that I thought was pretty interesting is allegedly. Um, There's allegedly, at this point, I don't know if they're still considered top secret documents or they've been declassified, but allegedly there was top secret documents at the time, which I have not seen, but they were from a Navy intelligence pointed to that Eisenhower had commissioned the Jason uh, Society to work on the UFO angle. Um, I'm going to get into Dwight D, Dwight, Mr. Ike. Eisenhower's background here in a minute. Um, some kind of weird stuff there, but um, anyway. So during the Collins Elites investigation, it's rumored they they reach out to some Quakers. They reach out to like a Catholic priests and some other like ministers down in the Bible Belt, and they're like asking these dudes to help close up this demonic portal. And supposedly they worked with some Quakers in the New York area on like how to do it and then they reached out to some top ranking uh catholic exorcist dude and that guy was like no <laughs> gives him the middle finger he's like i'm not helping you guys at all um so i thought that was pretty interesting but um like i said before they could confronted parsons sometime before his death ask him if he opened a portal and he tells me things that he did uh it's important to highlight that the collins elite kept coming back in their investigation that there were people involved in the government that were working with these demonic entities once again that goes back to my theory or my hypothesis on the uh, operation paperclip nazi occult and uh, you know the technology that we imported um, in the mid-1940s and then you know that turned into what nasa and the agency and all of these this military industrial complex really is that all formed out of the Operation Paperclip type of stuff. So I watched a really interesting documentary called Higher Entities. I think on YouTube you can look it up as Declassified Files, I think is what it's called. And anyway, it's Fourth Watch Films. They did a pretty interesting, you can buy it, um, but they did a pretty interesting um, documentary where they talked about the... uh, um, sorry, Uh, where they're talking about um, these, in 1947, this declassified document says that entities were crossing an ethereal plane. This was an FBI document. The document was uh, 6751. I looked it up online and it, it does talk about some stuff. It was written in San Diego in 47, which is right around the same time that Parsons had done the Babylon working ritual. But in this document, this dude is basically written to the FBI and said, Hey, we've got entities that are crossing an ethereal plane and, um, they're starting to be seen like UFOs and stuff like that. Interestingly, you hear in the studies that DMT hallucinogenic drugs, um, satanic rituals will also cross you over that ethereal plane. The OR guys talk about you know,
1: crossing, the, crossing abyss. the
2: abyss and all of that stuff, and I thought that this was pretty wild because it just hit me one day where, you know, you have all these people that are going down to Central America and taking ayahuasca and doing the ayahuasca stuff, which is like supposed to be like really intense, you know, hallucinations and stuff. Didn't Crowley invoke a demon called ayahuas? Mm-hmm. Ayahuasca. Maybe is that Iowa's drink? I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of interesting. Anyway, so the last part of this is going to be on Eisenhower and the deep underground military bases, and then we'll wrap this up. So, 1953, Eisenhower is elected president. Um, prior to being elected president, the dude has no, he has no. Uh, political background right so in he goes from being like a top military advisor in the World War II era to he comes out of the military and he becomes a president of Columbia University like an Ivy League school and then from there he's named Supreme Commander of NATO and then at some point he they talk about him being a the president and he, he ends up winning it like he always talked about the military-industrial complex. And I'm like, bro, you are the military-industrial <laughs> complex. Everything that I've seen about the military-industrial complex comes from you. Like, you started the whole thing. You're the dog that shits on the rug and then goes and hides, and then somebody walks and steps in it, right? That, to me, is, is Eisenhower all day long. Like, I think that dude started the military-industrial complex. But he's also was a, a member of the CFR the Council of Foreign Relations. Mm. He was a chairman of one of their study groups. Mm. He learned all of his economics from the CFR. Mm. And he openly talked about that. And he ends up making John Foster Dulles his Secretary of State, who's also a CFR dude. And he appoints a bunch of people in his cabinet as CFR members. So super strange there. But anyway, so he's elected president in 1953 February 20th, 1954, he's in Palm Springs for vacation, and he goes missing for a couple hours. Nobody can find him. Uh, government later says that he's at an emergency dentist appointment. Um, but there's other people that said that he went to Air Edwards Air Force Base out by the Mojave and was meeting with entities, some aliens. year later, at Holman Air Force Base in New Mexico, he ends up meeting with these entities on a runway and there's eyewitnesses that watch this happen. And they're like, he, he pulls up on Air Force One, gets off, walks down the runway where there's like a flying saucer thing waiting there for him. And there's all these entities standing there waiting to bring him in for this meeting that he was going to have. And all these entities were described as being um, Nordic in appearance. White hair, blue eyes, gray skin. And so he goes up onto this ship. He's gone for an hour, and then he comes back down, gets on his plane, and flies off. And then the the UFO aircraft takes off as well. So allegedly, what's said in this agreement is that, or in this conversation between Ike and the and the entities or the UFOs, is that he has an agreement that you you can abduct people for your You know, technology for your studies, all that stuff, but no harm is to be done to anybody. Which is
0: like the Grayata Treaty or something like that. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So
2: that explains why all these people were like, I was, you know, just probed in the butt and then nothing really happened, right? So anyway, so Obama confirmed this in twenty fourteen and the New York, uh, state representative Henry McElroy both said that Eisenhower met with aliens in Uh, 52, or sorry, 54. So kind of interesting, New Mexico. Allegedly, there's a deep underground military base under that thing that goes way down there. And there's all these people that have worked at this base, like Tom Horn, Stan Deo, Ray Boucher, uh, Bob Lazard worked at the one outside Area 51. Um, but there's all these different people that have worked at this dumb at the, the deep underground military base. Uh, this dude Ray, so oh sorry, um, my bad. It wasn't Ray Boucher. It was Greg Greg Renrich. Ray Boucher is a, a Christian dude, a minister that is has a background in demonic, you know, expulsions and things like that. And so Ray Boucher is actually approached by the feds and asked to help with this demonic program. Greg Renrich is a guy that actually worked at the Deep Underground military base in New Mexico with these entities. He describes them as being 9 to 10 feet tall. They call themselves the Nephilim, and they said that they were preparing for an intergalactic battle with God, and they believed that they were going to win. Reinrich, Renrich, whatever his name is, he actually... Had to sign an affidavit prior to going to work saying that he wouldn't use the word Jesus, Jesus Christ, in any cuss word or any slang because the entities would flee and the work would stop that they were doing because the entities were supposedly working with these human scientists and giving them the technology and, you know, the stuff that we have now or whatever. I'm sure all that shit's classified or whatever and all into getting suicided because I talked about it. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I thought that that was really interesting because once again, uh, you know, in in the uh, Christian faith and stuff like that, that the name of Jesus will cause these demonic influences to, to flee. And so I thought that that was a really interesting that this dude saying that he worked in these deep underground military bases with people that called themselves the Nephilim and then ends up having to sign this affidavit. And so where I want to tie this back in prior to closing this out is that this goes back to the book of Enoch talking about, for me, talking about how the entities, or not the entities, but the Nephilim were bound by God or his angels and then put under the earth to be held for 70 generations, whatever that amount of time is, but they're to be held there for a later date when they'll be released. And it also, to me, backs up the whole, um, you know, Book of Enoch talking about um, the the spirit of heaven is born in heaven. The spirit of earth dwells within the earth, which the Nephilim are within the earth. They would have been offspring from the fallen angels. So to me, that stuff all overlapped really nicely. And I felt like that was uh, kind of what leads into what CERN's doing, you know, with the Large Hadron Collider and Potentially being a, a portal for demonic entities, um, and stuff like that. But um, so that's really all I had on part two
1: of the Nephilim stuff was coming out right there. That's good shit. <clears throat> I was trying to look up how long seventy generations is,
2: and that's there's a lot of talk between you know theologians and philosophers that 70 generations would have already passed some people believe that 70 generations would have ended somewhere in the 1850s when the industrial revolution was really starting to kick off and we were starting to really see some you know pretty kick-ass technology increases like the automobile or engine combustion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so i don't really know i know when i read did you have something on it
0: i was just looking up the the base in New Mexico mm. that you were talking about and I just thought of that Holland. that because there's the other one that Dulce or however the fuck you say mm-hmm. it about the underground war that they had with aliens.
2: Oh, the one in and then they had another one in Antarctica. Right? I I
0: don't know about that one. I just just yeah. the New Mexico thing. I was like, is that the Dulce one or however the fuck you say it but but it's New Mexico rumored uh you know battle with aliens when humans
1: type mm-hmm. of thing. Is that the one where the guy got his, like, hand blown off? And, uh-huh. And then that dude, I can't remember, didn't he get offed after uh, making the UFO talking circuit? I think
0: so. I can't remember, but...
1: Yeah,
2: wild stuff, but to me, like I said, it, it all kind of, like, came back full circle when I... When I came across the Fourth Watch Films Higher Entities, which I, I recommend if you if you have the opportunity to watch that or even watch the the 59-minute Declassified Files 1 of Fallen Angels, I think is what it's called, Declassified Files on Fallen Angels. If you type that into the YouTube browser, it should come up, uh, Fourth Watch Films. Um, but I thought it was pretty interesting because they actually go out and talk to these guys. They talk to Stan Deo. They do interviews with these, you know, Ray uh, Boucher. And they, they do interviews with the people that were around the people or the people that were involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of regurgitating that portion of it. But when I came across that and they brought up the Nephilim, I was like, oh, man, this is this start starts to really kind of put the, the theory together that CERN is you know, going to unleash this abyss and then all of the, you know, that fallen angels, Nephilim will be right back on the earth doing their thing like Revelation nine talks about. So, um, you know, and it went from, you know, Parsons and his ritualistic stuff and, uh, Rowley's Rowley Crowley's ritualistic stuff. And then all of these UFO sightings happening right in the same time, right after just to me jumped off the page. So Mm -hmm. that was that's that's what I kind of wanted to bring up as a precursor to going to CERN because CERN is its own thing, and there's definitely some theories behind it. It could go either you know many different ways on what what it is that they're actually doing. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had any other final thoughts on that that shiznit.
1: I thought that was pretty good. Um, tie definitely tied everything together. You know, heading into CERN.
2: Yeah, and CERN's effed up, man. That thing is thing is wild. And it's funny, whenever I talk about this stuff around people, they're like, Who the hell is this CERN? you know? It's like, dude, this thing is Mm. scary. So
0: seventeen mile radius.
2: Yep. Three hundred feet underground, colliding particles to get to the Higgs boson, boson, Mm. God particle. Which is basically the yeah. the binding, the glue to all matter.
1: Yeah. Gluten-, Gluten free gives everything mass. Yep, I actually listened to a guy talking about that um, just a couple of days ago, and the whole God particle thing was uh, made up by the media, mm. like the guy that. Um, did the calculations or whatever for it? Said it was the goddamn particle because you couldn't figure it out or whatever, and mm. the uh, whoever was writing the story just changed it to that. Yeah, it sounds cooler. That's for sure. Yeah. Instead of getting stumped, yeah. math in the workplace. Damn you! <laughs> you led me astray. I can no longer be a physicist at CERN. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Assholes. Anyway, so that was that was what I had, but I think that it's going to segue into the CERN stuff. Maybe that stuff got weird for people, but,
1: man. It gives some good kind of background on the angle that it's coming from, you know.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like I say on every one of these, you got to kind of do some of the research yourself and decide, you know, for you, you know, where it goes. But that's where it led it for me, and... Um, the Parsons and Crowley stuff, I you can get in the weeds on that. That we're gonna have to just do a whole episode or a couple episodes on Crowley because that shit that he did was just crazy, man.
0: Mister mm-hmm. Crowley, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom.
2: And he had a huge head, too—big <laughs>
1: old, old giant blockhead on him, dude. So anyway, anyway in that next line, what went on your head? A lot, because <laughs> it was a big fucking huge. head. Yeah, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> huge. Huge. Um, I didn't know anything about uh, CERN until Jake was telling me about that shit back in the day. Because there was, it was referred to as the LHC, is that right? Mm-hmm. And then there was the other one, where it was, like the smaller one. The ALICE Isn't detector? Like, there's there's three or four. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah there's... A few other ones of that are smaller. That are yeah, on that scale mm-hmm. or whatever. That's why that one was such a big deal when it came out because it was like
1: huge. Yeah, it's,
2: and we'll definitely get into the other ones that are out there, and then you know just this some of the science. I don't know all the science behind it, but I I've read a, a couple books, and uh, one of them in particular, a book called "Revising Reality" talks specifically. There's a whole couple chapters about CERN, but there's tons of information out there. But we will do our best job to kind of like dumb it down dumb it down for all you idiots.
1: <sighs> Cliff's notes. Yeah, we're doing cliff notes of this stuff. But
2: you guys got anything before we close cliff it Cliff
1: notes of the Cliff Notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it. That's my specialty right there, son. <laughs> my
2: son.
0: <laughs> I just I do want to say on your presentation, thanks for making it Shabbat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that goes back in the day, right there. That's uh that was our thing. Shabbat. All right. Well, with that, I guess we'll wrap it up. And we'll see y'all
1: next week for another episode on CERN. And one glass thing, since it's St. Patty's Day. This goes out to all the Boston punks and skins. <laughs>
2: Drink all your green beer and make bad decisions. Because <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you on the next one. Ooh.